Hey everyone, and thank you for tuning in to episode two of the Mulligan Gaming Podcast. Uh, This episode is entitled, E-Day Arrives. Enjoy. Hey everybody, welcome to uh, uh, Mulligan Gaming Podcast. The gaming with myself, Al Sanchizel, and co-host, 8-Bit Elf. And what are we calling our podcast today, Mr. 8-Bit Elf? I think this uh, episode will ch- we'll call it uh, E Day Arrives. E Day Arrives. It sounds beautiful. Episode number two of our podcast. And on today's topics, we got a, quite a few topics. We call it E Day because our topics include our Gears of War 5, some more from our last podcast uh, because, um, you know, there's been a lot going on with Gears 5. And I there believe, yes, and I believe E Day. Also, because of GameStop employees and uh, and their stores, <laughs> uh, they may refer to that as F Day, but you know, well, <laughs> seriously, that that is some terrible news. That's really terrible. Like, like I, I can't even do that. We'll, we'll get to that here in a bit. Um, All right. So, what what else? What else we have going on for us? Um, let's see. We've also got some game reviews. We got some shout outs and, uh, and, and, you know, our 8-Bit Elf has a little something to say at the end and we will get to that eventually. But for now, let's go ahead and we'll start off with what's in our system. So we'll start off with you again, 8-Bit Elf. What's in your system today? Well, I have got a new addition to the collection and in my system, um, a nice little Game Boy game called Kid Dracula. Kid Dracula, and for yeah. those of those, for those of you who haven't heard of that game, go ahead tell them what it's about. Well, Kid Dracula is actually one of the spinoff titles uh, for Castlevania. Um, this was actually the second game that they've ever released in the the Kid Dracula series. I will not, for the life of me, butcher the Japanese version of this, um, but the original game existed on the Famicom. And, of course, they ported it over to the West, sort of. This is a sequel. Um, but it does, you know, follow up exactly where the first game ends, which, depending on which game you're playing, he's either Garamesh or Galamesh. And he's been introduced in, in various games throughout the Castlevania series. But he's back. He's stirring up trouble. And Kid Dracula here has to go kind of put him back in line while remembering all the lost spells that he's forgotten since the last game. Oh, I got you. I got you. So uh, what kind of what kind of genre of game is this? Is this kind of shoot em up? Is this like a beat em up? What is it? Platformer? This to me is it's a platformer. I mean, you start off, you can run left to right. Um, you pick up power ups. You're getting to, you know, shoot the monsters. Um, it's It's definitely a 2D scrolling platformer. Cool. And what would what would you what would you compare the likeness of this game to for people who haven't played this game? Um in a in a weird kind of sense, it's almost akin to a Mario or a Wario type game. I mean, you've got the monsters that come out that take so many hits to to defeat. Um mm-hmm. but it's it's very you know, for our anime fans out there, it's very chibi. Mm-hmm. And uh, Sorry, and, go ahead. 
and as as far as the life base uh the the hit points for this goes is it is it like a, a super ghosting ghouls where you get hit that two times and your armor comes off and you die is this like mega man you get hit one time and you die or is this like you know a uh, heart based system like uh, uh legend of zelda it's it's a heart based system so three hits per life um and you die and of course as you progress through the game you you can actually pick up hearts that will replenish you know your your hit counter so it's definitely not ghouls and ghosts in the sense of you know a one and done um become naked yeah no this one he he stays fully clothed uh he does have power ups that he can get and you can change through them um plays really well on um uh, on the game boy player on the gamecube actually adds to me it's a little bit of depth and color other than what you would normally get on just a game boy screen and and is this was this game only available on the uh, the Game Boy or do you know of any other systems it was on? To my knowledge, right now, uh, it's only available on the Game Boy. Okay, okay, I got you, I got you. Any any other games in your system that you might be playing? Uh, of course, the aforementioned Gears Five. I'm playing on uh, Xbox One right now, and, and we'll we'll probably get to that one here later on in our topics. Yeah. And then on uh, PS4 right now, I'm playing uh, Sword Art Online, and it's uh, Fatal Bullet. Really? Mm-hmm. And that is one that, so far is that like a spinoff of the Gun Gale Online? Um... It is. And so it is. You know, it's the third game um, in the PS4 slash Vita um, Sword Art series, and this one does come off of Gun Gale. Which was a pretty so, good, which I like that one. Yeah, and the the interesting thing to it is, unlike other sword art games where you've played, you know, as uh, oh, good grief, I cannot even remember this poor kid's name. Kirito. Yes, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you actually don't play as him at all in this one. Do you play as another character, like your own character, or do you play as a as an off character, like the extra characters in the game? It's an off character in their own creation. Really? So Kirito and Asuna, you know, all the characters that, that you've kind of grown to love throughout the last two Sword Art games all make an appearance in some way, form, or fashion. Do you get the lightsaber? You do. <laughs> you do? Oh, okay. So you can be like Kirito and just, you know, wield the sword the whole time. You can. And, yeah, and how's the game and how's the gameplay? Um, you know, it's 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 not too bad of a game. Um, there are some areas in it to where I really wish they would have worked on it a little better. Um the camera's always not always forgiving in some instances. Um a lot of the, the, the levels. Is is it like unforgiving, like Resident Evil Two type unforgiving, where you can't change? Not quite it? that bad, but you you kind of get areas where you can get stuck, and you're having to spin the camera, and then, you know, by the time you're kind of getting in the right spot, the boss is either right on you, or, you know, you're not really in a in a good spot. I got you. I got you. And then, so, like, what 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 kind of gameplay are we looking on this one? And. Obviously, this it's going to be a Sword Art Online gun deal, so... Um... It's very gun-heavy. Um, in fact, it seems almost like they put the, the sword in there just as a as a nod to Kirito. 
um, really the the mechanics of the game are not built for close combat. Uh, it, it's it's definitely you know gun from from below, gun from above, um, hell, gun from a distance. Just don't bring a sword. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Unless you're Kirito, and you have right, a, right, and you and you have what what are they called beater beater uh, type stats, something like that. Yeah, yeah, you're 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 cheated your way into that. I wouldn't say cheated, but I mean he got all the help he can get from. The FBI, I guess, but and I mean, it's it's definitely. I will give it a really good, you know, nod as far as story, you know, goes and that sort of stuff. Of course, I've I've not had a problem with any of the sword art games at all. Yeah, and and you know, I I've, I haven't myself played any of the the sword art online games. I have yet to. I do know a lot about sword art online because I watched it religiously when it came out. Mm-hmm. You know, I kind of skipped over Elfhelm online a little bit just because, you know, I didn't like that whole concept. It was a little weird to me, you know. Right. But, I mean, Gun Gale Online was, uh, was was perfect. I mean, you couldn't have gotten any better than that. And it's anime meets Call of Duty, so. Exactly. You know, <laughs> well, I wouldn't say Call of Duty because, you know, I'm not a big Call of Duty fan. And I like Gun Gale Online. And if there was an online you know, MMORPG gun kill online type game, I'd be on it in a heartbeat. Right. Now I will, I will give sword art this and the fact that with the games and kind of simulating the whole MMO experience, they've done a really good uh, job with that. But uh, you know, and there's always got to be a butt in every conversation. <laughs> oh, big butt. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's it's a theory and a concept that's already been done. Um, of course, for those of you guys that are you know hardcore gamers, back in the day we had Dot Hack. Oh, and, beautiful! Oh, absolutely. Dot Hack was was a PS2 series. Uh, the original Dot Hack series they have yet to um, do like a remaster on or anything like that. Now the second one they did uh, on the PS4. <laughs> And I like it. I just, it's not the dot hack that I grew up with. So the, the second series was called GU. Yeah, I remember that. And, you know, it, it, it had some likability features on it, but again, it's just not the original GU. But again, this MMO theory has already been been done, but at least Sword Art's not beating a dead horse. For sure. So. And that's, that's what you got in your system? That's what I've got. What about you? In my system, um, recently I've been playing a little pub. Okay. It's, it's too easy. It's it's real easy if you've played mobile shooting games, which it's not real popular um, unless you're mobile and you're moving all the time or you're going everywhere. Right. Which it's okay. I enjoy it because it gives me something to do. It gives me something to game with while I'm gone. You know, if I you if I don't have wi- if I don't have Wi-Fi around and I don't have my computer plugged in where I can you know do a remote play of my PlayStation or remote play of my Xbox from away from home. You know, I can play some. PUBG or Fortnite on my phone and usually I go to PUBG because 
um, it's a lot more enjoyable, and uh, the people on there are a little, a little, a little bit more fun. A little um, more forgiving. <laughs> yeah, and then and then uh, PS4. I've got a Warframe. Always, I'm always playing Warframe, grinding on Warframe like crazy because the content on there is. It's always ongoing. It's always consistent, and uh, you know I'm always gonna love Warframe. I've been playing it for over three years, like I've said last uh, episode, and I will try to play something else on PS4. I promise, I will. Um, as soon as I can get to where I need to be on Warframe, <laughs> um, on Xbox though, on Xbox One, I have this game called Darkest Dungeons. I've been playing it for quite a bit. And it's it's really fun if if you like if you enjoy turn based strategy kind of like your Final Fantasy games, Chrono Trigger, you know all the the turn based games that you can get. And uh, this RPG is it's it's pretty it's pretty good. I really enjoyed the concept. It's a uh, it's it's it came out in I think somewhere in January of 2016, and um, it's it's got a high rating really high rating and usually usually in movies or video games before i play a video game or before i watch a movie i have a habit of looking up their ratings beforehand right and so and that can be kind of a double-edged sword too i think yeah exactly it, it is but i like looking at them because yeah for one you know i know ign for one that's not <laughs> you know, this is my opinion. IGN is not real good at, uh, at reviewing games, right? Because they're paid, they're paid by the companies to review the games that they get. And so, but this one, this one on the uh, on the other hand, it's got a nine out of ten on Steam. Okay, it's really good. You can. It's on. It's I. I believe it's on Nintendo Switch. PS4, it's on the computer, it's on iOS, and it's on Xbox One. Good grief. Yes. This game, I believe, is one of those underrated games that no one talks about. This game is a beautiful turn-based RPG, in my opinion, that's got everything to put literal stress on your characters. And you. If you, you can't if you can't manage your stress in the game and you start freaking out on what to do, your characters will get overtaken faster than the enemies can kill you. I think we talked about this at least off off channel last week, did we not? Yeah, we did. We did. And we had a good discussion about it. I told you how good it was and it's and I I would recommend this game highly to anyone who enjoys turn-based RPGs because this one challenges you this you you can't just you can't just throw a phoenix down you know on an uh, on your 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 fallen players to bring them back you know you can't just um you can't just feed them while you're in the middle of the game you can't just do all this stuff it, it's it's more challenging because this is a permadeath situation so right. if you're favorite if your favorite rogue character who's been stealing stuff lock picking disabling traps throughout this dungeon you know stealth killing people for you and all that stuff poison attacks all the stuff that you have if this guy dies this guy dies you cannot get him back the only way you can get him back 
Well, I can't say the only way you can get him back. But you can go to his grave and you can see what he looked like. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So you can always remember this guy. Oh, this was my best character. <laughs> so, <Rip> selfie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so in long, long story short, if you have a badass character in this game, try to take it easy with him because if you kill him, you're going to have to start all over. That can be tragic for sure. It is very tragic. Now I'm I'm only I'm only scratching the surface of this game. Only because like I've scratched the surface of this game. I've only lasted two levels until most of my characters died of heart attacks. <laughs> well, I ha- I have a uh, a confession to make there, uh, El Chisel. Yes, sir. I actually screwed up last podcast. Why is that? I uh, man, I- I'll be honest. I screwed up the date. For the Dreamcast release. So last week I said it was, I believe I said it was the 19th or the 20th um, of this month. And I actually got it wrong. It was actually the day after our last podcast on the 9th. So I have to say to everybody out there, I, I'm sorry. I, I screwed it up. And you should be. I'm just kidding. <laughs> No, I should have fact-checked them, too. You know, I have the computer usually pulled up in front of me, usually checking all the stuff that we say before we start throwing stuff out there. I mean, not all the time I can get to it fast enough. But at that point, I thought I, I was for sure that Mr. 8-Bit Elf was on his game at that moment. And so I should have checked it. <laughs> and for that, I apologize as well. Well, and, but, you know, we also had some other stuff that happened since our last podcast. Uh, man, there's good grief. There's been so lot. Of course, the news popped about, you know, GameStop. Um, For sure. We've had trade deals go through. We've had, man, Borderlands. Uh, oh, yeah. And that's going to be, you know, probably the subject of our next video. But we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Or, excuse me, podcast, not video. <laughs> uh, eventually eventually absolutely um but like i said trade deals you know we launched the uh, the podcast last week we are now uh for those of you listening we're on google podcast apple itunes podcast pocket cast and as well you know as anchor so i want to thank for everyone sure. that, that has tuned in since last week and listened to us and gave us you know encouraging remarks and that sort of stuff and is convincing us that we should go ahead and keep going with this. Um, the big thing that also happened Friday, we had a full moon. Uh, for those of you in North America, uh, we had a, a full harvest moon, I believe is what the actual name of it was called. And the next yeah. time that type of moon will be around is, I want to say 2043. So. Yeah, something like that. I, I was reading on that, too. I, I mean, it looked pretty cool, but, I mean, you can only do so much with the phone camera. You can't right. really take a good picture. Mine mine just looks like a big old red dot in the middle of my phone. Right. Um, you know, and with that being said, you know, of course, Friday was also Friday the 13th. And so Kid Dracula actually uh, worked out as, as my entry into, you know, the Friday Friday the 13th slash Halloween genre. For sure, for sure. Friday the 13th, yeah. And and speaking of, you know, your game for Friday the 13th, my game 
my game for Friday the Thirteenth would probably be, be Dead Space. Dead Space is a good game. The first one. Okay. Well, won't hate for you on it. <laughs> <laughs> the other ones are okay. Fair enough. That, that, that's my. That, that's like, where I'm at. I like Dead Space. Of course, I also like Dead Rising, but they're all good games. Resident Evil. Um, of course, there is some very, very good, you know, survival horror games that existed on, like the old uh, original Nintendo and, and that sort of stuff. And we'll cover those, you know, possibly at a later date and time. Um, thinking more along the lines of Halloween. Um, but this GameStop news, man, let's get into that. Yeah, let's get onto this first topic. And so, this first topic is kind of a it's, it's kind of a big deal for people who work at, at GameStop and and uh, it, it's pretty it's pretty crazy. GameStop pulling the plug on what was it 200 stores? 200 stores. I think they they're actually calling that a 5% um kind of cut in their market. They're they're saying they have over 5700 stores is what's being reported and so this 5% of stores or or roughly 200 stores in their their fleet, so to speak, um, are what they consider to be underperforming stores. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it was made an announcement from the CFO Jim Bell from GameStop. Right. And, and it's been know, on any news it, outlets. Yeah, and there's it, nothing like this is going to be covered because, I mean, it's already hard for GameStop to put out content as it is. So, how the heck is stuff like this going to get out? Because it's not that no one cares. It's just that no one's using GameStop anymore. And that's uh, the, becoming more and more the unfortunate truth. I mean, with so many retailers having the ability to look at games, of course, Best Buy's done it in the past. I don't believe they still are anymore. Uh, but then you still have, you know, Walmart. Uh, Walmart still sells not only new, but these kind of repackaged pre-owned games at a discounted rate. Now it's nothing that you know. You're not going to find Gears Five in there, at least not right now. Um, yeah, for sure. But you know, some of your older PS4, Xbox One, um, 3DS games, you know, definitely are popping up in there for sure. But a lot of that is what's contributing, in an extent, you know, to an extent, I should say, um, at least to what's going on with GameStop. That and just a complete oversaturation. I mean, you're looking at towns like say Dallas, for example, that has somewhere around 15 or 20 game, uh, GameStop stores. And a lot of them aren't very big. I mean, really not much bigger than probably most of your bedrooms. For sure. For sure. That's, and, 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 you know, like you were saying, um, like you were saying about the, the 200 stores being cut and GameStop and everything like that, you know, not only is like Walmart, but you can also pick up video games at, at places where you can't even think of. I mean, obviously, Mr. A-Bit Elf, you've been picking up stuff, picking up all these games from a bunch of other places rather than GameStop, right? I'm sure your, your stop for video games isn't always GameStop or maybe it's not even GameStop at all. And it really depends on, on what I'm shopping for. I mean, for the newer stuff, yeah, I'm, I'm at GameStop. Step up there. 
Um, I know Borderlands, I'll be picking it up there. Uh, but it really just depends on basically what I'm looking for at the time. GameStop, at least here where we're at, um, they don't carry retro. You know, and, and by retro, I mean Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis, um, Game Boy, Game Boy Color, you know, those those sort of titles. Um, and in fact, they're kind of phasing out pretty much everything before the Xbox One and the PS4 to the point yeah, where, sure. I mean, 3DS games, Vita games, I mean, they're all getting very hard to find. And so unfortunately, you know, you've got to branch out in order to get that deal. But but the fact that but the fact that being hard to find for anyone by their definition is going to GameStop for looking for a retro game is kind of, you know, it, it's kind of I guess you can say it's it's kind of a loose term only because of the fact that like you can find games anywhere else. I mean, oh, yeah. I'm sure I'm sure other people in in other cities have local game shops they don't even know about. I mean, Absolutely. they have local game shops. We have local game shops that I didn't even know about, and you know they have games too. But I mean, and the fact that like like let's say for instance, you're not going to find the new Gears of War there. You're not going to find any of the new games, but you are going to find games that you might be looking for. Right. Absolutely. And a lot of it's going to take to, you know, going to Google. Um, For those of you guys in the Lubbock area, you actually got a new game store. uh, I think it's about a month old now. I want to say it's called Founded Games or Founded Electronics. I'll have to double check that exact date and I'll post it up on the on the Facebook page uh, for those of you guys kind of interested. But that's a game or a store that is really in its infancy stage that some of you that, you know, are familiar with the Lubbock area have probably already been there. And for the rest of you guys, give it a shot, check it out. I mean, you, you'd be very surprised on what you'll find and what you won't find. And, and with it being, you know, a local owned uh, store, the chances of you finding what you're looking for at a price within your budget is a lot better than going to, you know, some of these bigger box stores. Yeah, for sure. And you know what? We're we're not here to try to sell out ourselves and say, "Oh, hey, go to these places." We're, they're not paying us by no. any means necessary, but we are saying it because GameStop has video games. GameStop has merchandise. If you go to your local gaming store, they're gonna have more than that. Maybe they can expand your gaming experience because we're not Mulligan Video Gaming. We're Mulligan Gaming. That means we talk, we, we, we try to find news about other things other than video gaming. You know, it's more gaming, video, like uh, board games, card games, you know. Absolutely. Like, for instance, our local, our, our local card, our, our local game, uh, gaming stores here have uh, Magic the Gathering board games. They also have, um, what else is, uh, uh, what is it, Warhammer, I believe yes. that's what it's called. So we actually have, just in our area, we actually have, oh, good grief. Uh, three stores that I'm aware of that handle um, mini games. So you you know your Warhammer 40k. Um, oh, that's the big one that comes to mind. But I mean, there are several, several, several other Hero Clicks. Hero, Hero Clicks. Clicks. Thank right? you. That's and you know I, I used to play that one and I still always forget the name just because it, 
and you know what that one that one only popped up because like i was thinking heroes i didn't even look it up on the internet to be honest it just popped off at the top of the dome well and, and the cool thing about hero clicks is that they have done so many things outside of the hero genre so they've had halo figures they've had you know of course your dc and your marvel figures um Man, they've had, I think they even had a, a military set at one point, if I'm not mistaken. But it's the, the limits of that game are almost boundless. Yeah. And, and, you know, stuff like that, like, you know, some people, you know, that's not your forte. I get it. But, you know, give it a shot. Some of these people over at these local game shops will just, you know, let you play with their stuff. You know, they'll let you try it out. I know one of the local game uh, game stores that I I used to go to. Um, I play Magic: The Gathering. Um, I used, I play it a lot, and uh, when I get a chance, I'll play it with my wife. And one of these shops, I went in there. I saw this deck that I really liked. It was an older deck, and the the owner actually came up to me and says, "You like that deck?" And I was like, "Yeah, but you know, I'm kind of broke. I, I don't have anything." He goes, "Well, I'll tell you what. It's five dollars. Go ahead and keep it." Next time you get paid, come bring it back in and bring that $5 in and then, you know, you can have it right now. Take it home, use it, do what you want. It's yours. Just bring me back the $5 and we'll be good. And that's a good way to, to kind of drag, you know, new players in and, and show them the ropes. Um, For sure. And of course, that's happened, you know, at quite a few game shops. And that's a good way, like, like I said, to bring them in, um, show them the ropes, kind of get them into that that world that genre and i've seen it happen not only with with card games but with board games um for those of you that are rts fans how many of you knew that there was actually a starcraft board game i for sure didn't right and i mean this is you know they've i've seen the legend of zelda of course zelda has actually had two board games um in its course that i'm aware of not including Monopoly? Not including Monopoly. Uh, the first one came out back in the 80s. Um, and it was, really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that one is, is really hard to find. Of course, that was, you know, n- uh, Nintendo really did a lot of kind of oddball merchandising back in the day. Yeah, wasn't Nintendo a card shop before it became a game they shop, were. like a video game? And so they actually started off doing various uh, card games and such in Japan. Um, and then as they kind of matured and, and technology changed, they adapted with it. And so on the original Atari 2600, <clears throat> before they were producing game systems, they were producing games on the Atari. So, I mean, that's for sure. Popeye, Donkey Kong, a lot of, well, even the original uh, Mario Brothers. As far as a home console perspective, they actually got their start on the Atari 2600. And then from there, generated into arcades. Um, a lot of those games got ported over to the uh, NES. Some of those franchises are still around today. Some of them aren't. Mm-hmm. For sure, for sure. And, you know, and all those all those local game shops, everything from the history of gaming and everything like that, you know, we, we truly enjoy and we are going to continue talking about stuff like that in future podcasts because there are, I can guarantee you, tons of things to cover about video games and we have the information for you 
so that way we can tell you about Absolutely. it. Absolutely. But getting back on the top, getting back on topic, let me tell you, let me tell you something about layoffs. Do you know what happened with Rooster Teeth? I heard about it. Uh, something about they dropped, what was it, 20% of their workforce? 13% of their staff laying off about 50 people. Good grief. 50 people from Rooster Teeth. And this was a company that started off making red versus blue. Right. Which got its start on the original Halo. Exactly. And, you know, they, they made a big hit. I mean, they weren't like, like oh, we're going to be on TV and all that stuff. No, this was for those that the Halo, the Halo nerds, you know, not necessarily just Halo nerds, but it was just pure comedy in general, too. You know, some of that uncensored comedy that some people were looking for that they made it big. Like for them being for them being 16 years old and then start cutting back, you know, 13 percent of its employees, you know, 50 percent of or 50 people, you know, that that's that's crazy. And to me, I have a theory about that, but it's just a theory. Okay. Now, now the thing is, though, Rooster Teeth, in the time that they've been pumping out content like crazy, and their content was always good. It was always good. You know, Jeff Ramsey, you know, and all them people that were making the, the um, what is it, the Let's Play content and all that stuff. Okay. Um, that was good. And I think that was their main content. Oh, and I think too. the fact that yeah and I think the fact that like that I wouldn't say they got big headed but I think they they thought that they were making it pretty well they started absorbing other people right they started absorbing um inside gaming they started they started absorbing funhouse they started absorbing screw attack they started absorbing all these other ones and what happens whenever you start absorbing all these other people well, it comes down Maybe to the theory of, of getting too big for your britches, so to speak. Exactly. So you start putting all these people in your pockets, you're going to have to pay. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know? Nobody works for and, free, you know, it, except for us. Yeah, ex- <laughs> yeah for us. I mean, we're, we're, doing, we're doing this for the kindness of our local community that wants to know about gaming. And anyone else in the world, you know, in the internet, mom, um, who wants to listen to us, um, but like it's 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 crazy that seeing a company that I me personally I grew up with, you know, watching these guys to start laying off people, it it, it not necessarily breaks my heart, but it's just it's like very discerning. What happened? Yeah, it's it's very concerning because like for one, if you're so worried about budget cuts, you know, and you want this company to keep going, why not make the top dogs cut their their pay? You know, I'm sure they're making enough. Right. These guys have been doing this for 16 years. I mean, it's it's just it's just crazy that like one moment that they're over here at Rooster Teeth, the next thing you know, some of these people are posting really sad posts, and you know, the concern of the people, I guess, uh, Rooster Teeth public, are like tweeting these guys, you know, writing these guys, hey, what happened to y'all guys? What happened to y'all guys? Because like. It's real upsetting whenever stuff like this happens. Right. Like, in for the game instance, world. like, exactly. Like, for instance, in uh, um, Game Informer, Game Informer with their layoffs too. Right. And it, it it just hurts because this is the gaming industry that we're talking about. This is this is the news that we're talking about. So much that the news has evolved just as much as gaming itself. Well, and. 
you know, on that note, um, I think this is definitely a, a question that we can pose to the fans here. And that is, you know, with all these retailers closing, you know, we've lost Toys R Us. Um, of course, GameStop is, is, you know, we just talked about their layoffs, you know, and there, there have been many other stores throughout the years, CompUSA, Circuit City, um, sure. you know, all these stores are, are closing. And I mean, these were all venues that at one point in time, you could walk in there, buy a game and walk out. Now, whether or not that was a board game in some instances, or, or maybe, you know, a, a booster pack for your favorite card game, whatever the case may be, the fact of the matter is, um, as time, you know, inevitably exp- you know, marches on, we're losing ground on, on places that we can actually buy stuff at. You know, this is why there's such a big emphasis on, you know, your local game store support it. If you like GameStop, support them, you know, because once they're gone, we may not get them back. You know, I I realize Toys R Us is starting to come back in in some aspects, but but that's because of, but that, and to me, that's because of that nostalgia feel that that's because people are like, I want that nostalgia again, you know? want to go back see all them toys and all that stuff but that's the problem you're going to walk in that store you're going to look at all these toys just for that nostalgic feel of whenever you're a kid telling your parents hey let's go over to toys r us you know but absolutely and and so many people walk in and 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 window shop so to speak it's important even if it's a you know a dollar piece of bubble gum let's say you're still putting revenue in that store's pocket for sure Uh, you know, and, and however you feel about, you know, corporations and big wigs and all that, irregardless, okay? If you enjoy that location, if you enjoy talking to those, you know, those employees, if you enjoy what they have to offer you, be it toys, games, um, you know, a friendly smile when you walk in the door. Yeah, Show your sure. support. For sure. And, you know anything at that it doesn't even a big big corporations you know it could be your local shops because you gotta you you gotta be for sure you know you sometimes people don't know those exist Absolutely. and sometimes it, it's heartbreaking knowing that these local you know uh these local shops are are doing their best to to provide for these people who 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 need this stuff i wouldn't say Absolutely. necessarily need it but like like their, oh. their social their social standards uh basically lay on the fact that they they not require but you know they want to be around these other people because it's not it's it's like family to them you know you, you come home you come home and you're like there's my family waiting for me with dinner at the table well oh shoot you go over to this local shop this individual goes to the local shop and he's like oh hey this is my metaphorical family they've already got the board games laid out and you know they already know what i like there you go it's kind of like the old tv series cheers Mm-hmm. You know, the guy, you, those regulars, so to speak, would walk in the door and, oh, hey, Norm, how's it going? You know, yeah. once you kind of get to know these shops, I mean, they may not always necessarily remember you by name, but they're going to remember details about you. And exactly. it, it's just a cool place to be around when you find like minded individuals that, you know, maybe you guys collect the same game, the same type of games, or you're into the same series, even. Um, it's a different ball game, um, but man, it's just—it's a shame to see so many stores just shutter. 
Yeah, but you know the reason. The also re- the reason why we're dying. The gaming uh, venues or not venues, but uh, retailers and all that stuff are dying off. Isn't isn't always because of the stuff like like uh, that stuff. But I mean, you can also purchase all the games you can on a digital download. Yep, that that has a big thing to do with it. And of course, I realize you know as times change, people are you know of that mindset of well, why do I need you know, 50, 60,000 games, I can have the same amount of games, you know, on, on a hard drive. And I get that, uh, you know, it, it's space versus playability. Yeah, for sure. And, and now, and now, and nowadays, you know, you, you really can't play a game without having it like completely installed into your hard drive. Absolutely correct. Um, now there is something that, that everybody should be aware of. And that is, you know, when you purchase a digital game, there's always that little caveat in there, um, and this was true on, of course, 360, PS3, and of course now the Xbox One platforms, as well as the PS4. And that caveat is, in the event that services are no longer rendered, um, essentially you lose that license. So if you have all these games downloaded on your two or five terabyte hard drive, whatever the case may be, and let's say that that hard drive dies inevitably. If that game is no longer um, supported, such as what we've just seen recently with DuckTales being delisted, For you sure, lose yeah. that content. So R. that 50... R. Pardon? I said RIP DuckTales. Absolutely. But... Uh, you know, that's the problem that you run into with a digital platform is that um, you're not always going to have that content. So those memories, unfortunately, will grow. You run the risk of, of losing access to those games and those memories fading away. So yeah, sure. that's why I'm a strong advocate for physical collections. I mean, yes, it takes up a lot of room, but in certain aspects, that's why you can either condense what you don't like and, and only keep what you want to play. Um, it's, or, almost like, it's almost like an actual library that you have in your own home. Right. You, you got the stuff there. You can say that you actually own it rather than say you have it on a, you know, your, your Amazon Kindle or whatever it is that they read on nowadays. <laughs> um, Absolutely. But, Absolutely. But, um, yeah, I mean it's it's pretty tragic about GameStop. Pretty tragic about. Yes, I mean we can ramble on about this for hours, <laughs> for uh, sure. And but, I'm sure that we have rambled about this for hours on our, <laughs> on our off time when we talk on the phone. Like, oh, absolutely. Many of the other stuff that we do, but um, like anyways, uh, let's go well, on to our next topic at hand. Absolutely, and, and I next- think really the reason why a lot of people are tuning into this podcast. At least today's episode. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That, that, that was kind of a big topic. And um, <laughs> yeah, it was a long and, topic. Absolutely. And of course, you know, today's episode, we did tentatively call E-Day Arrives. Um, so as many of you know that are, are listening to this, we've just had the recent release of Gears of War 5. For sure, for sure. And, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll throw it out there. I'm not a big fan. <laughs> I'll let you take the reins on this one because you've been, you, you've been on this one for quite some time. I mean, 
me, I haven't really put in the time to actually play this game because I've been trying to check out a lot of the other games. Like I said in my last podcast that I've, I have the mini games that I have. Um, but I'll let you go ahead and take the reins on this one and, and let me know what you think about it. Like what, what, what recently happened with the Gears of War 5 that you're not enjoying as opposed okay. to last episode? Well, you know, and as I stated in the last one, I've just recently come off of Gears 4. So I'm, I'm fresh in the story as far as what happened in the events of Gears 4 coming into now Gears 5. And, you know, I'll be honest, I liked... Gears 4 a whole lot better than I did Gears 5. Um, Gears 4 definitely <clears throat> had the the storyline a, a little tighter wrapped, I would say, um, than Gears 5 was. And I'm not going to put any spoilers out. So for those of you that have not completed the campaign, don't worry. I'm not going to I'm not going to burn it. Um, I, I will simply say that uh, from a graphical standpoint. Microsoft and the coalition did an amazing job um, on the graphics, you know, definitely better in my opinion than, than they were on gears Four. Um, storyline, very lackluster as far as it was really easy to get sidetracked um, because it is more of an open world type title. Um, yeah. So there's, there's going to be areas in the game where you're set with, okay, go through and complete this quest. And this is your main quest. And then as you're exploring, it's like, Hey, let's go over here. Well, there's your rabbit hole. And so then you get lost kind of doing this side quest, um, which doesn't, it does and does not pertain to the main game. It's not a requirement to, to beat the side quest to beat the game. Um, they they kind of throw you with some things that on one hand leaves the series wide open for additional games on the other hand it completely shuts the series down so it really depends on what microsoft is planning to do i really don't think there's going to be another entry into the gear series on this generation of systems uh, now, with Scarlet coming out next year, possible. They're um, going to do like a. You see, now to me, if they do a new Gears, um, I would hope that they do like what happened before E Day, like all those wars and all that stuff again. Absolutely. Like, because yeah. I think that'd be cool to fight against, like, not necessarily like the way they do on multiplayer, where it's like, you know, uh, a faction versus a faction, but necessarily um, um, a war going on between the worlds before the locust came in. Well, and, and without, again, without spoiling it in the last two games, gears five gears four um, they've made references to past events that to my knowledge have not been covered in, in past games um, gears one, three and, and judgment day. Um, so I would like to see, like you said, I'd like to see some of the original cog lancers, um, you know, see what kind of their trials and tribulations, of course, gears three, if I'm not mistaken, made reference to Adam Phoenix, which was Marcus's dad. Mm -hmm. I'd kind of like to see some more there. And then there were a lot of, there was a lot of stuff that happened within gears five that really wasn't documented much. And, 
so I'm hoping either in DLC or possibly in a, in a side game, kind of what I'm considering judgment day to be, um, that they go back and they address those issues and tie up those, those, uh, those loops. But really, I mean, gears five to me has a rushed feel to it. You know, it was one of those, this, we've got to get this out because this generation's kind of coming to a close eh, here. The other aspect, Microsoft really didn't give themselves any room to grow on. Um, yeah. and, and we kind of covered this in the last episode with the fact that they put it out on um, the Xbox Ultimate Game Pass. So for those of you that have that subscription service uh, and you're on Xbox or even computer, you can download Gears 5 to your device. Now, this is the ultimate version, which if you go to the aforementioned GameStop, Walmart, Best Buy, wherever you happen to go to buy your games, this is an $80 game. And they just handed it to you. For sure. Along with um, the pre-order bonus for Terminator Fate, which actually gives you a playable skin in multiplayer for Sarah Connor and the T-800 Terminator. Oh, that's cool. Um, as well as, oh, absolutely. It also gives you um, Cat and Emil uh, from Halo Reach as playable characters in multiplayer. That's cool. Emil's the one with the skull on his helmet, right? Right, that is Emil. Cat uh, was the one with the robotic arm. So. Yeah. Noble team. I was about to throw some spoilers out there and, and we haven't played Reach, but no, it's all right. <laughs> yeah. I, I think we're far enough past Reach now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I definitely wanted to, to throw it out there. I mean, if you guys are ultimate, you know, past subscribers, you're getting an, an amazing deal. Microsoft is kind of, like I said, they're, they're really cutting their own throats, so to speak, on this because they gave you an $80 game. So where is the incentive to go and buy it at a retailer? You're not getting anything different other than here's your cool packaging and your disc. And I think that's, we're, we're going to see a lot more of that, I think in the future than we're seeing now as, as retailers are, are trying to push away from a physical standpoint and go to a digital. So um, all in all, as far as, you know, the start of the reviews here, I, I really have to give Gears 5 Thanks, really about a sit back to it. You know, Microsoft really is cutting their own yeah. throat um, for giving you an $80 game with no incentive of having to go to a retailer and buy it as opposed to just getting it through their, their servers. Um, my overall review of the game based on story, based on kind of all numbers of, of features I'm really only giving it a 6 out of 10. 6 out of 10, people. You heard that here from Mulligan Gaming, 8-Bit Elf, Mr. Rating System himself. 6 out of 10 for Gears 5. Now, myself, I haven't played it, so I can't really give it a rating. Um, but, you know, maybe I'll give it a shot sometime. Um, I know I have I know I have Absolutely. to because I've been playing all the Gears, and uh, this is the only one I haven't really gotten to yet. Uh, it's just, you know... And I mean, like I said, ultimate subscription, you can kind of get it for free. Um, the, the other thing that has kind of irked me about Gears is it's just got an excessive amount of, of updates. Um, 
you know, the initial, of course, the initial download was somewhere around 50 gigs. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it had its kind of day one update patch, which I believe was another 30. Um, and I, I may be wrong on this. Some of you guys fact check me on this, please, because mileage will definitely vary. But the last week or so, it seems like they've done an update almost daily. Now, are these, are these updates and, uh, as useful as Fallout 76 updates? No, no. Um, in, in fact, I can't even really see what it's fixed to a degree. I mean, when I first started playing Gears 5, um, for example, in, in the multiplayer mode, if you're playing Horde, you know, you kill the enemies, you rack up the energy, you run over to the fabricator, and you drop it. Sure. And it was like an, an automatic process. So as soon as you ran to the fabricator box, it deposited for you. You know, if you wanted to build um, structure armaments, you could do so no problem. After this recent round of updates, now when you run up to the fabricator, instead of it depositing, you actually have to open fabricator menu and deposit it manually. I'm really not a fan of that. Um, When you're in the grips of, of combat, you really don't have the time, I think, to do the extra button steps. Mm, a little more challenging. And so, again, I think Microsoft is hurting themselves. Now, would you consider that a little more challenging or a little more tedious? A little of both. Um, I mean, if you're racking up quite a bit of energy, your fabricator's running low, and you're basically the only person on the field that can save the team, it's, it's tedious because now you've got to run from wherever you're defending back to the box, manually press it, manually deposit it, and then run back to your spot. Um, if you're doing it in between rounds, which is honestly where you should be doing it, um, you've only got about 25 seconds or so in between rounds. Wow. And again, depending on where you're at on this map, it can take time to run back to the fabricator, deposit it, and then run back. Most of the time, um, by the time you run back, you're already out of time and the round has already started, so you might be running headlong into an ambush. For sure. So, like I said, just overall, um, not really a big fan of it. The storyline, they, they really, for it being the first female character main in a Gears game, they didn't really develop the story well enough for her. Um, I will say this. This is not really a spoiler. There's only four acts in the entire campaign. Wasn't there like five Um, or six in the first one? In the the first one, yes, I do believe there was six. Gears 4, there was five. Now, granted, uh, in between, you know, you've got varying chapters, and some of them, I think, run four or five chapters apiece. But the problem is... You know, like I've said before, on these these fetch quests, you end up getting lost, and so this this one chapter can turn into, you know, three or four chapters on a normal Gears game, and it, it kind of gets tedious. You'll kind of get frustrated with it, want to turn it off and move on. So that's that's also kind of the reasoning for my low score. Gotcha, I got you. Speaking of reviews, um, I've also posted up some other reviews on. Uh, on our website. For those of you unfamiliar with that, that is uh, HTTPS 
course, a semicolon and the two front slashes. Mulligangaming.weebly. That's W-E-E-B-L-Y dot com. Now, so you can check now, out. Y'all guys, like we we're talking about, support your local stuff. You know, if you support us locally, um, all that money will go to the site. So that way you don't have to spell Weebly anymore. Right. Absolutely. You, you know, in the near future, you could just be Mulligan Gaming, you know, podcast.com or whatnot. Um, and of course, there's other features. Uh, supporting us leads into things such as uh, Let's Plays, you know, where you can actually sit down and, and see us play a game or even, you know, play a game with in. us. Maybe Absolutely. Play some Jackbox Party Pack because that game is pretty fun. <laughs> so, um, of course, I'll be throwing up the review for Gears 5. Uh, all of our topics pretty well, don't you think? I but think so. I think so. I mean, we definitely got a lot of stuff yeah, to cover. Regardless of though, we only had two topics, they were very lengthy topics. And they were. For that, you know, you can also find us anywhere else Discord, Twitter, Facebook. You know, like he said, our website. Our website also has everything else posted up on there, too. Um, we're, we're still Absolutely. a little, we're still maintaining it for the website. We're going to put, like he said, we're going to put up some live, trying to see if we can get some live feeds up there so that way uh, you can either see us play some video games or maybe review some video games. Or maybe just join us in for, you know, either a game conversation or anything else that we can uh, possibly find for the near future. Absolutely. And then, you know, that brings up a, an interesting point. If, if any of you guys have, you know, Gears 5 or any of the Gears games, really, um, Mortal Kombat, Need for Speed Payback, uh, whatever the case may be, holler at us. You know, you might catch us on a game sometime on, on Twitch or Mixer. Or join me on Warframe. I'm always playing Warframe for sure. I'm always grinding that game. There you go. Oh. Always, always. But, Absolutely. but with that being said, I'd like to thank everyone for who was listening to Mulligan Gaming Podcast. Like I said, find us on all those social media sites. Give us a shout out. Give us a listen. Do you have any shout outs? Speaking of that, do you want to say before we go? I, I do. So this week's uh, shout outs, I've got to give a shout out to Austin Hanna. Um, we had a really, really awesome trade the other day. That's how I picked up uh, Kid Dracula as well as Pokemon Yellow. So kind of a cool little, cool little uh, trade off there. Um, <laughs> you know, they're... The deals are out there, guys. You, you just gotta look for them. Um, and then I'm also gonna throw a shout out to uh, Philip Gomez. So, definitely, you know, you guys are freaking awesome. So, I wanna thank everybody for tuning in and listening to us. And hopefully, we'll see you guys next week. Thank you for tuning in to Mulligan Gaming. Y'all guys have a good day. See ya.